Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. That's right, another episode of New Hope Underground, and today we are talking about Ephesians. If you've been following in our Ephesians series, then you are totally aware what's going on here. We're in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13 today, and I've got a special guest, and that special guest is Eric Splechter. Hey, Eric. Hey, how's it going? What's up, buddy? Good to see you today. Good to see you too. We, we, uh, we've known each other quite a while. Since I've been in college. Yeah, Eric attends here at New Hope, and uh, he's, he's done all sorts of things in his life. We'll talk about that here briefly. But uh, yeah, I've known you since you're in college, which makes me feel really old because I was older than that. when I, <laughs> I mean, that was last uh, year I went to school. You're fine. Yeah, that was last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, how old are you now? 45. And I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's 45. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've, we've, uh, you, you've been in ministry and, mm-hmm. and now you're a chaplain at the hospital and just a lot of cool experiences. Yeah. I think often that, you know, if I'd ever tried to picture where life has taken me, I mean, there's just no way I could have drawn it up. So thankful there's gratitude in that, but there's also like, wow, okay. <laughs> Well, I'm putting you on the spot again, like I always do. You're used to it by now. Yeah. It's it's like this all the time. But uh, I want to have you on Underground again here soon and just interview you. We just talk about your life and I stuff. Need, I need a product, though. You need a product? Well, I feel like I ought to be selling something. You need to sell something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come up with something for you to sell. I feel kind of empty-handed now if I'm coming back on. We'll come up with something for you to sell, that's for sure. <laughs> Don't worry about that. We're Don't. Christians. Of course we can sell stuff. <laughs> <laughs> My glasses are laying here, but they're not for sale. Yeah. We've been in pa- we've been pastors. We you know, we're pastors. We can sell stuff. I'm just <laughs> just joking. But uh I want to have your whole story on sometime. Mm. People so people stay tuned. You can hear Eric's story sometime or have a, when we have time to talk more about that. Because I think his testimony and story would be great for you. Yeah. If you're up for it. Yeah, and I, yeah. I mean that's on the spot, but you know. No. Um, you know, when you pray about something, even I'm being honest here, really recent, um, and even back a couple of years ago, um, just the only place that I would want to share in context for people to understand is that it's his story and not mine. And if I can't share it in that space, then I don't need to. Right. Someone told me that once that the most powerful thing about testimony is, what Jesus has done, not what we've done. Yeah, for sure. So that's really cool. It is his story. He's the hero. You know, it's so interesting you would say that because <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 3, oh. verses 1 through 13, oh, starts oh. off with these words. <laughs> for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Mm. Which is interesting because he was not, technically Jesus did not hold him in prison. <laughs> right. It was Nero. Mm. He, 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 he was in prison because he had said to the, you know, to the emperor, hey, I appeals to the emperor or whatever, say so it to send him to Rome. So it's really under Nero's regime sure. that he's in prison. So what does he mean by prisoner of Christ Jesus? Mm. And I think it's kind of like what you were saying with his story, not my story. Yeah. What Paul is saying is that I'm in prison because of Christ, because he's got a plan for this. Yeah. It's his story. It's not for, my story. For sure. I'm just yeah willing servant, willing, even if it means the word prisoner is involved. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. It's a great way to start off. Uh, let's go ahead. We're going to read the passage, and then we're going to kind of go through what we call Soma a little bit, and we're going to use that as kind of a um, outline, if you will. And, and if you need to, if you subscribe to the Ephesians readings and on, on and get notifications on the church app, one thing you will see when you first come up on that is uh, is a little thing that says what is soma, and you press that, and you'll see a little explanation of it's a systematic method of Bible study, and it's basically scripture. Soma is a Greek word for body, or like for used in the body of Christ, and. And SOMA stands for Scripture, Observation, Meaning, and Application. We kind of go through all four of those things, but we're going to kind of use that as an outline today. So Scripture, just flat out, let's read the Scripture. So here we go. Excuse me. Would you like me to read it? Yeah. Okay. It says uh, Ephesians 3, 1 through 13. For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. And when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers in the promise of, of uh, in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So of this gospel was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. And to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone that is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church... The manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Now we're going we're gonna to go in through this and just talk about some observations in just a second. But one thing I, th- it's important, I think it's kind of important to note anyway is that We've been kind of, as we went through chapter two, you, you can tell like in one and two that Paul's praying, you know, a lot of these are prayers and it's almost like an intercessory prayer. Uh, and it's almost like he starts off in chapter three, like he's continuing this prayer, but then he gets sidetracked <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because in verse 14, it's almost as if he returns to the prayer. Sure. So it's almost like this is one through 13 is kind of a sidetrack, which I find mm-hmm. really fascinating. A stream of consciousness. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Which well, is exactly, I'm way downstream at this point. I was going to say, this is exactly how you and I talk and <laughs> yes. think, so this we should you know, should get yeah. a lot out of this. Can I backtrack but, to how? Well, that was five movements ago. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So let's just talk about some general observations, uh, starting with you know, looking through the whole thing, 1 through 13. What are some, when we say observations, I also think questions are always good to ask too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, question the text. Like, what does that mean, or what is this? You know, what confused me at first? Yeah, right? and we'll kind of talk through some of those things. I couldn't agree more with what you say there. I think even settling into the fact that sometimes just a good question that I don't discover an answer to is uh, it's just better um, if I believe what I believe about God and and who He is. Um, the un Unanswered questions are some of the most beautiful. Yeah, exactly. 
Because you can trust there is an answer, but yeah, maybe I don't, I'm not supposed to know it. Well, even the phrasing there in the scripture where it says unsearchable riches. I mean, I know I'm using something a little different, but that unsearchable tells me there's something and it's not necessarily meant to be hidden, but this is God we're talking about, folks. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get your mind around it. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. You can search all you want. That's <laughs> totally okay. I should be that way. If it wasn't, I would question it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Round down the road, something else, because I don't know. I figured it out. (laughs) Yeah, Paul uses a lot of terms, like with unsearchable, it kind of makes sense. He uses the term mystery Mm -hmm. a lot here, you know, which the Greek word mystery is not the same as like the English. Mm -hmm. When I say mystery in English, what's the first thing you think of? Oh, I think of um, like novel or, you know, thriller, movie, you know. Yeah, um, I think (laughs) Scooby-Doo. (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Hey, Raggy. Hey, Raggy. It's a mystery to me how they understood him. Well, in in the mystery van. I always think of the mystery van. I don't know why, but I do. Every time I hear the word mystery, my my mind immediately just conjures up the picture of the mystery van with Fred and Daphne in the front. So much about that color scheme, the whole thing. I know. I'm not sure I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy leaving it there. Well, when you think of mystery, that's what I think of. It's like the novels. (laughs) You're thinking of mysterious, almost spooky. Spooky. That's not what the Greek word means. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't get the spooky. Oh, those meddling kids. (laughs) I hate those meddling kids. (laughs) They got through. I would have yeah. yeah. <laughs> got away you, with darn. it if it wasn't for you darn middling kids. Yeah. You think they'd learn. Yeah. There's something, I don't know, there's a whole series there that needs to be preached. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, but, but it, does, it means that which was just hidden. Mm. And, you know, now it's, and he basically says it's not anymore, but it was. Right. You know? And for his timing, I like that. You know, I but what other observations? Yeah, insertable makes sense with that context. Mm-hmm. Well, what else? Uh, other observations or questions? Oh, I mean, I feel like through the the whole thirteen verses or what we've we're focusing in now. For me, what stood out the most was just that desire, even in Paul, to bring two groups together. Mm-hmm. That this is God's purpose. This is a mystery He's revealing, so that you would understand get it he cares about both of you this much though one may be you know seen as the the promised child and the other kind of seen as you know the outcast like it doesn't matter you guys are together now and that could be beautiful for you if you'd allow it but uh Mm. yeah we know you know the divides and what could still continue and and uh, just be a struggle you know though god's heart even through paul is being said and and desire to be better so what's what do you think is the ultimate mystery here um i wonder if some of it you know i mean with what the text says um it's like how could you do that through a death on a cross Mm. that's i'm often baffled by paradox and actually paradox often makes me think okay god must be there because it doesn't work that way not in my life yeah and so I'm often fascinated just with the thought of you don't go to a cross and become a king. You don't, maybe in this instance, you know, you don't, uh, you don't sacrifice your son and bring groups together or how limited that would ever be. A, yeah. How instance. does that all, how does that all work? 
Mm -hmm. The mystery behind that, the beauty behind that, even behind the ugly, you know, is nasty. Well, you said it was a mystery for past generations, Mm -hmm. which I find, this is the thing that really confused me. This is a big question I have about the text. Is it, was it really? Mm. Because even back in Abraham's day, you know, God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you and all the nations. Yeah. Through you, I'm going to bless all the nations. Yeah, it's coming. Look for it. Yeah, how many times does God talk about the Gentiles Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament? And then Jesus, how many times did he talk about Mm -hmm. that, you know? In fact, I was just uh, studying for a summer study, um, Mark chapter 12, where he he has a parable about the tenants in the uh, vineyard. And they they beat up all these people that he's the landowner sent sure. to the it. tenants to pick get to to get the and they then they he sends a son to them and they kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he basically says that the the vineyard is Israel and the tenants are 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 Israelites or mainly especially like chief priests and scribes and the people he was been ta- he was talking to at the time. Mm-hmm. And basically he says he he since they killed the son he comes in and destroys them. And then gives the vineyard to somebody else. Yeah. Well, who's the other? Who's he talking about? Who's you know? Who are the others that he gives the vineyard to? Yeah. The Gentiles, right? I mean, so exactly. And so, in other words, this isn't like new. So, what's the mystery about that? We talked about this a little bit, you know, off of podcast, but that's another element of what just really stuck out to me. But I, I know I've had this thread or concern for the church, for myself, uh, for a long time. Is that if we think or I'll say if I think that I am much different than a Pharisee, I'm afraid I'm already fooling myself. And if I'm not willing to look and really ask some of the hard questions, you know, we throw out the phrase, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. Well, what's that mean? And if I'm not willing to look at text where a Pharisee, Jesus, and another individual have an encounter and then I, I've done this before. I've written down the traits of both sides, and it's unsettling because I'm like, I way favor a Pharisee, if I'm being honest mm. with myself. Mm. If I'm thinking about the instances in my life that look like this, my attitudes are way more like a Pharisee, maybe one or two like Jesus, but I think that's even some of the warning in this is come together like, don't miss, just like mm. you said with the don't the keep parable. each other don't keep each other out. Yeah. You don't have a right to keep each other out of the vineyard kind and of thing. Or thinking we are the only ones, you know, the privileged. The uh, we've got the secrets. We've got mm-hmm. everything. I mean, we are blessed. We have a lot of wonderful things. I don't mean to downgrade that, but I think with that can come a pride then that is so you know like seductive and so um, we don't see it. It's a blind spot. At least for me, again, I'll say me. You know, I shouldn't say us. But uh, well, that's way too, you got to stop that. It's way too convicting because <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like Jesus said, he gets so upset with these Jewish religious leaders because they were basically keeping people out of the kingdom. Yeah. And here's the thing: is that this is also the context of Ephesians. Yeah. A lot right at the beginning of the church, a lot of Christians were Jewish, and they still had a hard time with Gentiles. Mm-hmm. You know, they looked at them as, as dogs, like we talked about. I mean, they had a hard time. And then, you know, for Paul, you know, the, you remember Acts chapter 15, the Jerusalem Council, and 
fact, he sent to the Gentiles. The apostles finally acknowledge after a while that, yeah, yeah this is a good thing. It took care of it enough. That God yeah. has sent this man divinely, mm-hmm. blinded him on the road to Damascus, and yeah. now he's a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Why is he a prisoner anyway? You know, that's interesting. He's a prisoner because uh, Jews put him there. Yeah, ironically. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't like the fact that he was, hey, everything's open to the Gentiles. They And the Gen- other Gentiles are not following some of these Jewish rules on things. And he's basically saying that you, you realize, and to me that's what the mystery is, is more than just the fact that Gentiles and Jews come together. Mm-hmm. To me the mystery is the plan of how he was going to do it. Yeah, He always said he was going to do it. That wasn't the mystery. Yeah, it wasn't surprising. It was how he's going to do it, like you said, the cross. Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, but how he was going to do it in the sense that that he was going to do it with grace, that he was going to do it in this way, that we would actually become one, yeah. and the church would actually become manifest. No one knew that was going to happen. Yeah. They always thought there was still going to be some sort of significance to, I think, I think a lot of uh, people thought there was still going to be a lot of significance to the, the Jewish religion. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's hard when those things fall. Yeah, you know, that's not what, that was the mystery. I think, mm-hmm. and Paul was saying, "Surprise, yeah. we're all together now. Yeah, we're all the church." And it's interesting what you were saying. If you don't mind me kind of piggybacking on this, is because when you start to compare yourself, am I more like the Sanhedrin mm. uh, or the Pharisees than I am? you know, someone who's about Jesus. It's amazing that the very thing that he's combating here, Paul, is the very thing that even in modern day church, we still tend to divide ourselves. Sure. We may not be Jews and Gentiles, but we divide ourselves into people who we think are worthy of the gospel and people who are not worthy, mm-hmm. which is... There are moments that even in my perception of a person that could be viewed as like not as spiritual, not as holy, not as devout, and something about their desire for God, not just that initial, like I want to be close to God, I need salvation, those things, but even the struggle, like the continual struggle. I know what I want, but I don't often do it, and I'm not going to pretend. Mm. That's appealing mm. because for me, I'm going, okay, Jesus seemed to go there. What in it for me should I acknowledge and just be too, but even in community, even in other people, even in what it feels like to quote unquote get it, if there's a get it, you know, Mm. like I don't want to be, I don't want that blind spot to, to believe that I could be, oh, I'm no, no way like a Pharisee. Surely not. Those guys totally missed it. That's not us. That's not me. Right. I don't want <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't want to get numb. No, that's really good. You know, it's um a couple of things that interest me, I guess, in this text too. And I, I know I probably won't be able to hit them in my sermon <laughs> necessarily be in that's kind of three or four things. One thing is this. One thing he says that the mystery is this the Gentiles are fellow heirs. You know, what that means is so going back to Abraham. You know, going back to Abraham, that they are part of the covenant community, just they get, like they get those the promises Jews. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. members of the same body, mm-hmm. that they're on equal footing here, yeah. and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. In Christ, everything's equalized. You know, mm-hmm. 
in Christ, they are very much, you know, everyone's very much apart. No one's left out. Uh, and that's the way Jesus treated people as well. And then, then he says that um, he has been given this revelation of this mystery. In other words, when he was on Damascus Road and he was blinded and he was, you know, he talks about this often in the book of Acts mm-hmm. when he's before people about his experience but how Jesus had told him a couple of things. One thing is that you're going to go to the Gentiles because, and he reveals the mystery mm. because the church, I got plans for the church that people don't even know about yet. I mean, Paul's just at the beginning of this thing. Yeah. So he, that's what's been revealed to him. And then secondly, he's been commissioned. Mm. As it says in verse seven, he was made a minister according to God's grace, you know, and he uses the words grace and given all the time. You know, this is all from Jesus. Yeah. It's not, it's not me but he told me to do this mm-hmm. and I'm in prison and I'm his prisoner because I'm doing what he told me to do. And he must have a reason for the prison, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I'm doing what I, he told me to do. And, and then it, and it, then it says that because through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be no, made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. It's almost as if the church is the mystery and the church is the surprise and the church is the surprise not only to us, but even to demons mm, yeah. and a- even angels. Yeah, they're surprised. They didn't see this coming. You know, it, it's it's been made known to them, and and he has this eternal purpose in mind, which, which, and he says that all oh, this is because he was given this commission to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. You know, to the Gentiles and. Eric, I know you and I have talked about, you know, culture and ministry and church and everything else, but don't you think that the American church has lost somewhat of who we're supposed to be? Yeah, certainly. I, uh, at least in my time in located ministry, and I mean, I'm still, you know, to a great part doing it, and I'm, could be as guilty as anybody in this, um, I think the church growth movement, we call it. I don't know if a lot of people would understand what that necessarily means or means to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, it's almost like the uh, industrial revolution. Everything was boom and everything was moving. Everything was growing. Everything was, you know, and we'd get new this and new that and it wow. And I think there's obviously things that were good that it brought people to mm. know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to shoot it all down, but I think some of the byproduct is what we're suffering from more. We're not wowing anymore. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We're not entertaining anymore necessarily. So what do we do? And uh, I've heard from some of a younger generation, you know, what what's authentic now? What's real? What real? This feels plastic. And... Um, you know, that can be a lot of perspectives and opinions, but uh, just getting down to, you know, I don't need anything more than the gospel. I don't think they do either. We None of us do. But mm. how we show that, say that, deliver that, live that, mm. we just don't need more. You do didn't need more. And do we really see the grace mm. that's found in Jesus yeah. As being unsearchable riches. Yeah, it's that valuable. Yeah, do we see it that way? Mm. 
I'm going to say something. I, I've been debating whether to say this or not because <laughs> I don't want people to misunderstand me. Yeah. So I'll try to explain it the best I can. Oh, maybe I could help. But like knows? you were, well, like you were saying, like the church can't entertain anymore. Mm. So what have we got left? Yeah. Now I think the church is turning towards social justice mm. because yeah. we don't know what else to do. Yeah. Now here's the thing. I'm not saying we shouldn't be about social justice to some degree, mm-hmm. but I don't think that should be our main drum or beating. Right. The main drum we ought to be beating is the unsearchable riches we find in Christ and the gospel. Yeah. We, we should have all those things. Should we have youth things? Should we have, well, absolutely all, you know, run the gamut, social justice things, certainly, but without the gospel, no. And, and when it, not only that, but I think that's what we should be solely preaching. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that we should be diving into all sorts of things that we see, oh, that's because they're more relevant. No, the most relevant thing yes. in our society is Jesus, the yes. person of Jesus, the unsearchable riches of Christ, mm-hmm. because it is Christ. He is the most unsearchable. He's the pearl in the in the field kind of thing, the treasure mm-hmm. in the field, the pearl of great price. So I don't mean that in a Mormon way. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, what do you find in the gospel? I mean, I like Utah, but... <laughs> Um, but you understand what I'm saying? Oh, like, absolutely. Because I think what I've left a little unfinished, but you're heading right towards it, is, you know, we could look at and we could, whoa, woe is me ourselves with, I'm a lot more Pharisee-like and I, we're missing even in the church at times. And we have all these things that could be very difficult with our culture and where we're at and how do we get the gospel there. I think I would just encourage folks, like, Jesus is worth that search. Grace is worth that search. Don't fool yourself into thinking today that you get it. And mm. it's okay. Like, I don't think I do today. And I'm okay with that because it is that deep. It is that mm. just encompassing. It is that beautiful. It is that mysterious. I mean, put whatever word you would want to uh, describe it. It is that worth. And I'll never come to the end of my life and go, ah, I got it. Figured it out. There it is. Mm. But as it unfolds for me, it just gets more and more beautiful every day. And the irony for me is I found it, find it now in some of the much more simple things Mm. than than the big things or what I felt like were the big things. They're tiny now. How much is the gospel a center point of our lives? Mm -hmm. And, you know, one meaning you talk about some, we did some observations, you know, kind of the meaning that I think here is that Paul kind of starts off talking about himself <laughs> and then he ends in verse 13 talking about himself. Don't lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. Mm-hmm. Because he's trying to make the point. He, he goes to this length. He goes on this kind of tangent. I think he goes on a tangent for a reason. Yeah. Which what he's trying to say is this is God's plan. This is worth suffering for. Yeah. This is what's unfolding. This doesn't feel like suffering anymore. Yeah. You might see it as that, but here I am. Yeah, don't worry about me because God has planned this from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm going through this horrendous thing, he's in prison. And someone had said, I'm not sure how accurate it is, that maybe he spent up to six years total mm. in prison by the time he got done with his life. Sure. In other words, it wasn't like just a couple of days. Mm. This guy really suffered. And he was told from the beginning he was going to suffer yeah. for the sake of this cause. So the reason I bring that up is just because here is a guy who's got every reason not to preach the gospel, but to complain and mm-hmm. wallow, mm-hmm. but he doesn't do it. 
And I can't help but think that uh, modern-day Christians, um, we don't find that peace you're talking about with not getting the answers, you know, yeah. all the time. We don't, we, we complain. Yeah. We, we love self-pity. We wallow. Uh, and we don't think that necessarily or trust that God's got a plan. Yeah. And I don't mean a plan to, to get you a new job or give you more money or a plan to take care of whatever ills you at this time. I'm talking about the fact that he's got a plan to do his will on this earth. Mm-hmm. And he's got a plan to see people come to faith in him. And it says that according to his eternal purpose, he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence before our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart. And I, I, I tend to think that sometimes us as Christians in modern America, we, we lose heart a lot. Yeah. But our faith, that's because maybe our faith isn't in the gospel. We're disappointed that our expectations in certain things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The church hasn't worked. I'm using Chris yeah. Farley quotes. <laughs> it hasn't worked. Don't jump on the table, please. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to. Yeah. You've got a lot to. of material here. I'd hate to see it bust. <laughs> so just one kind of final application yeah. to you want to leave everybody with, Eric. What's, yeah. what's kind of you know, final application that struck you? I know you've said several things, but... Well, I think it's just that encouragement that though I may suffer, though I may not be or live up to what I had hoped to, uh, grace is greater. Uh, it's worth the search. And uh, and I can come to times where maybe God answers something that you know I'm, I'm praying about. And it's like, wow, that feels awesome. And I'm, I'm happy. And this is the new job or whatever. And the blessing in that is that, okay, I, I can be with you in that. Like you're providing this not just for the joy of your child, but you're commissioning me. Like Paul, you're asking me to be there. I feel privileged. Um, yeah, I just think even the unity of, of uh, the Jews and Gentiles, like what privilege could be felt there between two entities, two people, to go, wow, there's no more barriers, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm. I can be with you, and you can be with me. And, mm. and uh, I mean, this isn't like Star Trek and Star Wars trying to get together, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the mystery that's been revealed is the actuality of the church, mm-hmm. which is a, supposed to be it's gonna save a picture of, God, of the gospel, a picture of unity, mm-hmm. you know, and a picture ultimately of boldness. And confidence before Jesus because of Jesus and in Jesus. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining me, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. It's been really thanks good. For, yeah, uh, thanks for joining us uh, this week on our Ephesians podcast. But come back, keep listening to New Hope Underground. We've got some great stuff coming up. And we will kind of fade you out here with some uh, some tunes. I always love tunes on podcasts. You know that. Yeah. you got to love tunes. And uh, here we go. Pen and 